the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, Don in my least favorite Orioles shirt ever is uh, Mr. AJ Abergarth. What's up, man? I've got um, two words, both five letters: Dylan and Bundy. And he got rocked and gave me negative twenty points. Um, yesterday by yeah, his old welcome, team. So welcome, welcome back to Candanaris. Did not go so well, even with the pushback. Yeah, <laughs> but it works because God, absolutely first awesome. name, last name, both five letters. Today, Cinco de Mayo celebratory shirt. And there you go. Uh, man, there you go. Yeah. There you that's go. why. That's why. There's a, there's a method to my madness at all times. <laughs> um. Yeah. So tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about the the new dead ball and, and how it's affecting your fantasy baseball strategy. Uh, and then we're going to be jumping into, you know, we're, we're about a month into the season. We're going to be jumping into some, some players that, you know, had kind of those, those hot starts or the slow starts. And now the last couple of weeks, they've kind of turned things around and just kind of, you know, figure out really who these players are like and who we expect them to be the rest of the season type of thing. Um, and of course, we've we've got a great guest. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, before we jump into there, um, just want to remind everybody: hit that uh, hit that like button, that share button, uh, give us leave us those reviews, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, and uh, we, we appreciate all of you for listening and watching. Uh, but last but not least, beer of the week or drink of the week? I guess I should say this this week. Mm, beer. Uh, I'm going to go first because yours is much better than mine. Um, but I'm cracking open a other half. Uh, I had this actually on the on the NFL draft show last weekend, but didn't count. One of the fans six bike hours, so I got to do it again. Um, other half, triple mosaic dream. It's an imperial Ooh. IPA, 10.5% or so. Uh, I'm going strong on Cinco de Mayo with my beer. All Cheers. right. I also am going strong and long with the drink of choice or Cinco de Mayo, a Absolutely, man. homemade margarita with special accoutrements of added alcohol. <laughs> so cheers. Added alcohol. Nice. Um, yeah. This was. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. I like it. So. All right, man, let's bring in our guest of the week, uh, returning for I don't know how many times now. It feels like a lot again, but we love having him on. Mr. Ryan Kirksey writes for Fancy Six Pack, writes for uh, Razball, writes for your fan tracks or Fantasy Alarm. I, I, I had the wrong note sheet up for some All of the above. All the above. Yeah, yeah. anyway, it's a lot of them, man. You're all over the place, but uh, we're, we're glad to have you on to discuss the topic, topics for the night. Uh, but yeah, how you doing, man? Well, better than the Cincinnati Reds pitchers. I'm doing pretty great. Um, you know, it's, uh, they don't care about a dead ball. Um, 
but yeah, things are great around here. Just uh, trying to figure out what to do with these fantasy teams and looking forward to talking through it with you guys. Yeah, All absolutely, right. man. Um, uh, so I guess we should just jump right into that, right? You know, you, we, we already said the topic of the the topic of the day, man, is is the dead ball. Um, or at least that's what people are calling it, right? We don't really know what it is. But offensive production is at a ridiculous low pace. I mean, I'm talking 4.08 runs per game on average. Uh, you know, last year was 4.5. We're looking at 4.4 back in 2018. I mean, the the next lowest, well, in 2014, it was 4.07. So that was a pretty bad year, too. But um you know just it, it hasn't been this low in a while the batting average is at like an all-time low at 232 i mean we've been seeing that decrease year after year but this is a pretty drastic drop from 244 the year before home runs are still below one a game rbi are below four a game uh, just everything everything is down man it's it's not good consistency with stolen bases though yeah that is that is kind of funny it's <laughs> been way down right for the last the uh order. 10 years it looks like <laughs> well, yes, yes. uh i mean i guess this you know what's your thought about this offensive you know lull here like do you actually think it's the dead like a dead ball thing or do you think it's just weather and maybe like once it starts getting warmer things are gonna you know get back to normal yeah, so it's, it's a good question, and you're starting to hear things from the players that really add some some context to this. Some of them think that there are multiple types of baseballs out there, right? And so, yeah, we can point to it and say, well, it's just a, a dead ball. But, you know, in the piece that I did for Fantasy Six Pack, I looked sort of at the April slash March for the past eight years, and, you know, you count for weather as we're normalizing, you look at it that way, and still the offensive numbers are – are way down. I mean, you're talking, when you look at the past eight years, you know, less than you know, 200 home runs less than in previous years. Batting average, slugging percentages that have just been in the tank, as you said before. I mean, to, just to sort of add some perspective to this, these are numbers that we have not seen since the 1968 season when baseball took drastic changes, you know, lowering the pitching mound, shrinking the strike zone. The, the numbers we are seeing now we have not seen since that, that season. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy what we're seeing. And, uh, yeah, I, my fault. I totally forgot to mention that you wrote a, an article about this on Vase yeah. Expect just a couple of days ago. Like, I was thinking about talking about this topic, and then, boom, your article comes up, and I was like, perfect, we're doing it. He's coming on the show. <laughs> uh, so it, it worked out perfectly. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess – I guess – who who – when they say multiple types of baseball, so they mean like certain teams are getting like maybe better balls for offense than other ones. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So one of the stories that came out before the season started was, okay, every park in the majors is going to start using a humidor now, which the players expected. I think many analysts expected that it's going to normalize for what happens with these balls. Right. So whatever environment you're in, the humidor is going to sort of, uh, give us a sense of we, we're all playing this level playing field here. Um, but what's what we're hearing from players, again, this is you know, not something that, that 
MLB is going to come out and tell us. But what we're hearing from players is that it feels like to them that different parks that they travel to are using different balls. And so, you know, that's sort of – there are multiple layers to what you can think about that. But just in the bottom line, no matter what they're doing, the the, the offensive landscape is just tanked compared to years past. I mean, if you look at it, baseball – today compared to 2019. I mean, it's like two different games, basically. I mean, that was just an offensive site season. And now you've got, you know, we're consistently seeing one to to nothing, two to one, three to nothing games. That's just become the norm this year. Yeah. And to me, like, you know, we all know this is affecting fantasy baseball and, and I, and I, and I understand, you know, we need to get into that, but, What's your thoughts on like, you know, like if MLB did doctor the ball and, and they changed it, which is, which is the the heavy belief going around? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that this is what they ultimately wanted, or is it like, uh oh, maybe we went a little too far? I, I can't imagine this is what they want. Right? I, it just it baffles me that they would take this, if this is how far they went with the ball, if they said, okay, well, maybe 2019 was the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's pull it back a little bit. Because you got some more normalized numbers back in 2021. Why not just stick with that, right? You didn't get sort of what people are calling the rabbit ball that we had in 2019. People were dissecting that ball, looking at the components of it, how far it could travel, just on a, just sort of a normal uh, normal hit. It, it, they've just gone have gone overboard. I can't imagine, especially when you think about what baseball did and how they embraced the late nineties, early two thousands power surge and how that brought fans back to the game. I can't imagine this is what they're what they're wanting. So I I ultimately agree with you. However, I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here and just say, what if this is what they wanted? And here's the reason why. There's been all this talk about shortening the game. Yeah. Right? speeding up the game right or whatever it is if you have more runs more offense that makes the game longer right so if you have two to one games three to one games three to nothing games consistently then the games will be predominantly shorter so i wonder if there is some you know something to that yeah, I think you're starting to see, of course, now now these ex, this experimentation they're doing has, has gotten to the highest levels of the minor leagues, the pitch clocks, the you know, stay in the box, these types of things that the movie is trying to implement. Those things seem to be working. You know, I saw some stats the other day that they're getting games regularly clock in at two hours or just above two hours. So maybe they're doing this trying to bide their time until they implement some of these fast-paced mechanisms that they're trying in the in the minor leagues but again i I just you know with with how many people are focused on major league baseball from a context of fantasy context of of gambling i just you know not that that's what they're concerned about but i just i can't imagine that they want um every game to be a you know one nothing pitcher duel you you would think so aj what's your thoughts on this man yeah i i mean looking at it to me, it's it's definitely worrisome because I can see the, the the point of them wanting to slow the game down. So let's take the offense away and this and that. But people are going to see offense. 
I mean, the, the, that's the shift that's happened by them juicing the ball a few years back. And it's like, oh, crap. All right, we want to go and we want to see all these home runs and this and that. And, you know, we, we talked about it before with no hitters and, and whatnot. You know, that's an exciting game to watch. But you don't want to watch that every game you go to or every game that you put on a TV. I mean, it's going to get old. But I don't think offense will ever get old. You know, it's it's exciting. It's adrenaline. It's uh, you, We have a specific home run derby for the all-star weekend specifically for this. So I'm going to bet they don't use this ball to home run derby. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be, you're going to have like four, 12. <laughs> you know, the winner is going to have 12 total home runs. The strike throwing derby doesn't get you excited about the adding that event to the all-star game. That's not what you oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to so, have, a, they're gonna have a, a line drive challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who can take out the most kids in the outfield? <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's too good. All right, so uh, you, 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 you know, to, your, to your point, you may have seen that there was a tweet going around today that D. Gordon, D. Strange Gordon, whatever his name is, his career OPS is higher than the average major, major league OPS this year. Right. So that, that that's how bad things have gotten. In, yeah. in offense and to the point of sort of how the game is flowing and how it's working Kevin Rosenthal did something today where he looked at there's actually more actionable plays right so not home runs strikeouts walks than there's been since 2016 I think so there is more action happening in the games um, which is what I think they do want but I think it's, it's had the opposite effect of oh we were getting more balls in play but we're doing it with a ball that's not doing what uh, what it used to do yeah. Uh, so, with that said, and, and so I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but like, do you think there is some some credence to like, okay, maybe the ball just really is bad in colder yeah. weather, and maybe yeah. when it gets warmer, it will get better. Like, is there any? Do you, is there any thought in your mind that that's actually a true statement? Yeah, I think there are two factors that are going to improve offense. Certainly, the weather always helps, you know, no matter what context you're playing in. Um, also, the fact that we had these expanded, primarily expanded pitcher rosters through the first month of the season. Right. But now that you've sent down some of your worst relievers, you know, maybe a starter who wasn't doing anything is, is bumped back to the end of the bullpen. I think we're going to see t- pitching um, tighten up a, a little bit, but, you know, it's still, you know, we're seeing these these teams that have these. Um, I mean, the end of their their bullpens just seem to be god awful these days. And so, I think the combination of what pitchers we have available, plus the fact that there's going to be warmer weather and the humidor should start to normalize these things a bit. I think the, you're going to see offense pick up somewhat. Yeah, I, I certainly would hope so. Uh, I I know we need it. Uh, my fantasy teams desperately need it. I've got guys that I relied on heavily. Uh, for offense and I'm not getting anything from that and so with that being said who are the and it's really the pitcher the hitters that we're looking at here right who are the hitters that are being affected the most by this like the type of hitters I guess if you want to name like give examples but like just a general type of hitter that's getting affected the most by this 
Yeah, you have to look primarily at guys, um, you know, I have to pull up a, a list, but guys who are heavy, heavy fly ball hitters. Um, you saw until, for example, a, a three home run game that Anthony Rizzo had that he was really struggling in, in Yankee Stadium until he broke out sort of with that game. And even in that game, he got some, you know, a lot of feedback that these were sort of some cheap home runs, things that wouldn't have happened in other, other parks. But guys who are heavy fly ball hitters, we've seen. Obviously, Joey Gallo struggle. We've seen a lot of guys who put the ball in play that way. (laughs) Yeah. We've got a lot of guys who put the ball in play that way. I mean, there are guys who are are high fly ball hitters like Framil Reyes who can't even get a bat on the ball these days, right? I mean, that's a whole other story. But, I mean, the guys who make contact that way, I think you're going to be the ones that are impacted by this until things turn around somewhat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's definitely the power guys for me that seem to be having the the most issue, um, yeah. and and they're the ones that you know I went after some cheap power and I'm getting I mean literal zeros out of it yeah. <laughs> from like guys like Reyes who I can't you know I've got him in like a really deep league and I'm like I'm not dropping him because I just I've just got to imagine the power is coming eventually. It's just oh boy, it's been it's been rough. Um, yeah. So you spoke to the average thing. So like, obviously, you know, the ball, you, you, you think of a dead ball, you think of, you know, power. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. The average though, like why, why is the batting average so far down this year? I mean, guys are striking out at these ridiculous rates at this point. Like what, where is that coming from? Is that because of the ball or just changes in approach now because of the balls in the past and, or, or what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I do still think that you're, you're you're seeing more guys shift towards a sort of three true outcomes approach. Um, and so if you do that and you're saying, okay, well, two of those outcomes are strikeout and walk, and a lot of guys gravitate towards those two those two ends. But then if the other outcome is home runs, and home runs have significantly dropped, and that's of course fly balls typically turn into outs, and so you're going to see batting average drop a lot um, in, in, in that regard. You know, I also think that um, some of these parks that used to play as tremendous hitter parks, uh, just because of weather, because of ball, are not seeing you know, hits fall as uh, as we've seen in the past. So it, it's just going to have a cascading effect um, until we know exactly what's happening with that with that ball and what the MLB is going to do about it. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a strange thing, and, and you know, another thing. Obviously, you, know, you talked about the ballparks, you know, changing with the humidor, but you know. Camden Yards was a huge home run, you know, hitter friendly park, and that's changed because of the the dimensions of the field for yeah. for a big reason. Yeah, I mean, I still I still took my chances on a couple of, of O's in in some drafts, and man, I'm paying the price big time for that. That's just not working out. I mean, we got guys like Zimmerman looking like you know real good pitchers right now. It's the Shane Means got hurt. He'd be like almost Cy Young you yeah. know, <laughs> up there. <laughs> He'd be crazy. But you know, it's weird. You know, I look at some of these fly balls. You know, I was just because I was I was just curious. Like uh, the fly ball percentages, right? So I'm looking at like the top guys here, and you know, we've got Trout, Wisdom, and Tellez, and Christian Walker and Varsho as like the top fly ball hitters percentage wise as far as hits. And you know, they've got good home run numbers six five seven six five, right? Mm-hmm. You know. You go. You start dropping after those first like five or six, though. You do get a bunch of guys with one home run, zero home runs, two home yeah. runs, one home runs, and it's guys that are typically like pretty good home run, home run guy. I mean, Trevor Story's got none, right? And he's a fifty yeah. percent 
51% home run hitter or fly ball hitter right now. Uh, so it's, it's, it is weird. And like, but look, it could be what you were saying earlier, right? Where like maybe those teams are getting a different ball than say, you know, Atlanta right now, who's just doesn't, not really hitting it out, yeah. you know, that type and, of stuff. And, so. and you have to think about, you, you know, your, your trouts and you're going to look at that list as well. Your, your trouts and your, your J Rams and your Bregmans, you look at these high fly ball guys. I mean, these are guys that are going to make solid contact and, and they're going to do well regardless of the ball that you have. But it's some of these other fly ball guys you see on this list, like Sal Perez. I mean, he's just fallen off a cliff in terms yeah. of, you know, average and, and, and slugging percentage. He still hit five home runs, though. He still has five, still has five home runs, but he's, he, you know, he is top 10 in fly ball percentage. He's trying to hit a home run every time he's up there. <laughs> guys like Adam Duvall, guys like Matt right. Chapman, Bobby Dahlbeck, guys that have got 50% plus fly ball rates that can't really rely on other tools to get on base when the fly balls aren't turning into long doubles or home runs. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think another thing to look at, too, is – um, you know, with this effect of all these balls being in a, a humidor, is is MLB regulating the you know the humidor across MLB, or is it left up to the teams? You know, if I have cigars in a humidor, I might want them at, at this level, and then if I take them out too early, they're going to go stale. You know, so the balls could have issues i mean i don't know if there's been a standard set across and maybe that's asking too much or it's it's looking way too deep into this but it's going to affect it um you know if if all these teams have a humidor set at the exact same level and they have to take the balls out an hour before game time you know make that known you know make, make it a consistent thing throughout and then see how everything affects it. Obviously, there's going to be other factors in the ballpark that would affect, uh, you know, throughout. But at least that way, you have more consistent data to go off of. Uh, and I think it was maybe it was Eno Saris who, before the season, was talking about the Oakland Athletics. Who you know, before the season, teams were told keep balls in a climate-controlled area at this temperature. And yeah. he said he knew for, for some inside information, and Oakland just didn't do that. You know, nothing happened to them. You know, they didn't have the right – So what's the consequence if you don't follow these guidelines too? Or uh, we forgot, you know, our, our, our ball guy got COVID <laughs> and, uh, you know, Joe Schmo next in line didn't realize what we were doing. Yeah. So yeah. – Anyway, uh, but moving on to to the the pitching side of it, um, I mean, is this basically how, how are you seeing your threshold for streamable pitchers? Is it lower, higher? Yeah. So this is the great the great side of things that's not really being considered is you know for this this incredible action, there's certainly an opposite reaction, right? That's happening on the pitching side of things, and you've got your teams like we talked about the you know, the Reds and the, the A's who can't get anybody out. But it, on average, you are seeing teams who are who have, I would say, more streamable options. I mean, forget the, you know, the Eric Lauer's guys that are striking out a dozen batters a game now for, for some reason. You know, there are, there are teams now that are throw, throwing out pitchers that you would be much more likely to use 
been in environments, you know, three years ago. You know, there there are names. You know, we've we've even recommended some on our side, Daniel Lynch, Lynch, and others who, you know, you would really think twice about what you know whether you're going to use these guys in in sort of marginal matchups. But now you really have to consider them, and there's a lot more streaming options available to your to your daily fantasy players and the guys that are going to you know, rotate out pitchers every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Chris Paddock, right? I mean, like, he's become a useful pitcher, which is yeah, just yeah. hilarious. I mean, he was, like, dead to the fantasy world for, yeah. you know, what, two years now? And, yeah, now he's now he's so rostered cool. in a lot of places. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned Eric Lauer, who we'll get to later, but there's just – there's a tons of, like, just random dudes, that, you know. I mean, we're even seeing guys in Colorado, like, uh, maybe you like, it's, how crazy is that? You know, you're like, all right. I mean, uh, I, I that, think that's actually the ultimate, uh, you know, ploy here is that, that the MLB is really working on turning people who pitch in Colorado into good pitchers. And then come summer, they're just going to, change this ball around and then go back to Colorado and everyone's going to be like, Oh yeah. man. Yeah. You might've gotten yeah. away with Austin Gomber yesterday. against the yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that is interesting. Like there, cause I think, was it last year that they all, they messed with the ball halfway through the year. Or that was, sounds right. Yeah. So like, so. I mean, God, what do they do that again? Just, <laughs> flip the script on everybody I mean, like just leave it alone like let us let us predict something for once like it's baseball go away uh, anyway man uh yeah i don't know i mean I, I i think the ultimate strategy change for me is that you know we're just you know i'm sticking with like the big guns that i that i drafted but you know some yeah. of like these these later guys i'm quickly dropping for just anybody who's hot at this point yeah. like anybody yeah. who can get a bat on a ball like i yeah. want them on my team because you know i don't think home runs are are going to be you know anything great this year so that's not a stat i'm going to chase right now from yeah. from really anybody but like you want a guy who can just get bat on ball get on base score some runs uh, you know, pass guys in, and then yeah, yeah, like I'm streaming guys left and right. You know, I'm just you know matchups are, are going to be big, but you know yeah. I have 100% lowered my threshold for streamable pitchers at this it, point, and I'm just willing to kind of go after anybody. It's almost hard to predict like the the the, the average like it and and streaming these guys or the matchups. Sorry, um, not average that. It's like, well, okay, this guy's had a couple of good games. Dylan Bundy, you throw him in there, and then he gets waxed, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. And I, I didn't even realize it. Like, I, I set my lineup yesterday early because of the earlier games, and then didn't look at it again until today. And then it's like, wait, what, what, what the hell? What just happened? How is this even a thing? So, yeah, I, I think guys like that, you're going to see more streaming. And, and I've gone out and done it, um, but it's it's hard to figure out who to cut, too, because you have some of these bigger name players, and you're like, you got to turn it around. Like, come on, you, you can't have a 
below 200 average forever. <laughs> like, come on. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was for a couple of weeks, and now I'm like, eh, do I need to cut bait with Nelson Cruz? Right. When, I, when the when the a league like, added, like you don't think you're going to drop. Average is 232. Yeah. You got a 190. Uh, I think I'm okay still right now. You know, yeah, I, I, need like, a, I need a old. budget. Like, how sad is that right now? That that's yeah. just totally crazy. But anyway, and I, think, I think in the in the piece that I wrote, I used Mookie Betts as the example. At the time, he was slashing 231, 348, 372, and the average was was about in line with the league average. But his OBP and slugging. They look crappy, but they were all about twenty percent above league average. Yeah, right. And you're like, well, yeah, he, he's picked it up. Manage expectations. Guy's still a stud. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for uh, Trevor Story to remember how to play baseball again. Um. All right. Well, let's jump into our next topic here. And you know, speaking of guys that have, you know, they started out bad and they're starting to pick things up, like Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think anybody was really, truly worried about him. But some interesting players that that we have noticed um, that have either picked things up so their stock is rising or have kind of slowed down a little bit so their stock is falling. We'll look into a little bit as to, like, maybe why this is or and a little bit as, as to, like, which do we see is going to continue the rest of the season. Um, and with that said, I'm actually going to start I'm, – I'm cheating with this guy because he didn't have a first – well, I say, I say first half of the season. The first two weeks and then second two weeks is really what it yeah. is. But Taylor Ward, uh, he actually didn't really – he didn't start playing until April 16th. Yeah. But this guy is just crushing baseballs right now. Yeah. Um, so I know, like, obviously his stock is going up, but he didn't really fit into what I was really trying to do here, you know, first half or second half. But – he is playing so well and kind of came out of nowhere. He was so worth talking about, in my opinion. And so I just want to get your take on on Taylor Ward and just what you expect from him the rest of the season. Like, obviously, I think the pace he's on now is obviously not going to continue. But, yeah. I mean, is he somebody that, you know, you think players – fantasy owner fantasy managers can rely on the rest of the year as a very viable uh productive player yeah i do and i'll tell you why this production like you said won't be sustainable at this level but it correlates directly to when madden moved him into the leadoff spot nine games ago i mean Mm -hmm. since that time he is as you said just literally been on fire 333 average 778 slugging percentage um from the leadoff spot now, what you see is just a very simple analysis of, well, you've got a guy named Taylor Ward hitting right in front of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Well, we're not going to pitch around Taylor Ward, so let's do, do what we can with him before we get to the big guys. Well, he's just taking advantage of that. You know, his his walk rate is up. He's uh, cut his you know, cut his strikeouts a bit. He's cut his reach rate a bit. Um, Ward does is one of these guys like many many that we've seen kind of that are performing at an elite level that have a really high batting average on balls and play through the first month that'll drop. So it'll cause the, the total production to drop a little bit, but I do see him as long as he sticks in that leadoff spot as being someone that can contribute all year long. Yeah. yeah. So surprisingly a, uh, a trade just went down for him in my league. Uh, he was picked up late April. So obviously he was, he was riding his hot streak. Guy picks him up, and then 
dumped him and Frankie Montas for uh, Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez. Whoa. 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 uh, (laughs) Cha-ching. Damn. I I I picked him up in our fantasy six-pack league. Who's got Alvarez? I'll make that deal. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Well, I think it's a – I mean, it's (laughs) – I would definitely have Alvarez more, but the fact that – the that the guy that traded Alvarez kind of got screwed in the draft, so he just he needed pitching, um, yeah, yeah. and he's got he's got a good amount of offense, so you know it just depends on what Montas is going to do the rest of the year. I would have maybe tried to get somebody a, a little higher up than that, and yeah. you know, better known quantity, especially for Alvarez. But I mean, hell, in this in this league. Taylor Ward is the number one outfielder. <laughs> so I mean, he yeah, he's been incredible. I, I mean, so, like, I like okay. I've been sort of I don't, sleeping I don't, behind I the don't. wheel for most of the most of the season with when it comes to like running the fantasy leagues that I'm in, and uh, I and, yeah, and I literally like I logged onto our 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 fantasy six pack league. Of course, you know, there's some you know friends and, and stuff in that league too, but um, I just remember being like, man, I gotta go pick up somebody. I looked and I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> words out there this was like april 30th and i was like okay click yeah, <laughs> that I, was an easy drag and drop i was i don't even remember who i dropped it's like didn't, didn't, matter. Matter. didn't matter yeah it didn't matter i was like yes and then i literally think he hit a grand slam that night i was like yeah all right <laughs> oh we should also say there, there are guys like jordan who don't give a crap what kind of ball or are, are being used right now oh yeah yeah like aaron <laughs> judge he's just like wax. i'm yeah. Like I'm strong, yeah. Good luck finding a ball I can't hit out of a ballpark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I I like Ward. I mean, I I do think things are gonna slow down for him big time, and and he, he really just gotta hope right that Trout and Rendon and Otani, all these guys around him can stay healthy because like once yeah. they start falling off, so is everybody else. Ward's not gonna be able to. You know, it's not gonna be able get to the pitches all, he's all getting, and he doesn't have Trout hitting behind him in the lineup. Like that's yeah. just not gonna work. Yeah. So, but, uh, next hitter we got here is uh, Willie Ad- Adames. I think I always correct screw his name up. I feel like, but I mean, he's he's definitely up right now. I mean, what what do you, what's your take on him? Yeah, my, I mean, last two weeks, my, my gosh, I mean, just absolutely killing it. He's a guy who's shifted more this season to be one of these fly ball hitters. And he's been benefiting from the park that he hits in. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the Milwaukee stadium, I forget what they renamed it, but it's, it's still just a massive hitters park for, especially for fly balls and for home runs. Um, so, and he's also sort of a, you know, rising tide all boat situation where Yellick is, is, has really picked it up. Um, Rowdy has gone off the past, the past few days. Right. So he's, He's benefiting from the lineup around him really exceeding expectations as well. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's on a high over the past two weeks that won't won't be sustainable. But you know, we we saw some of this last year when he came over from from Tampa Bay. Um, as long as he sort of keeps this on base percentage up, which is which is something that uh, has always struggled with, you know, I see him still being a very useful asset. Joe, any yeah, thoughts? I, 
Yeah, I mean, Adonis was a guy who, you know, if, if you missed out on a bunch of those those early yeah. uh, early shortstops, you know, he was a guy who I was super interested in. But yeah. he started off ice cold and was like, well, maybe I was lucky I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, but he's really picked things up. Uh, I mean, guy hit 25 last year, 25, 25 home runs. Uh, you know, his batting average was 262, of course. Batting averages dropped this year, but I don't think anybody really pays attention to batting average anymore yeah. at this point. Like, I mean, he's, whatever. Like, these guys just don't 262 care. is like staying usual this year. Right? I mean, but, yeah, he's yeah batting, seriously. Yeah, right. He's batting 223. Oh, right God. Now, but, I mean, six bombs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could easily see him finishing with over 20 home runs this year. Yeah. And as a, mm-hmm. as a shortstop, you probably got in, what, round 15? Yeah. Uh, you're loving that, especially in a year where – where power and stuff is just sort of good luck guessing uh, what it is. But next yeah. up here is a guy who was going super early in drafts and started mm-hmm. off really, really bad. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Tucker just, just couldn't get it going. Um, I mean, through the, the first 12 games for him, I mean, he had two home runs, three runs, four RBI, and only one stolen base. The shocking thing was, and, and we talked about it in the very first show, was he wasn't the leadoff guy. You know, he yeah. was it, he was batting what sixth or maybe even seventh yeah, time. He, he, like, he batted sixth, yeah. And, and I don't, I think he still is, but um, I I still don't really understand that. Um, but you know, the last couple of weeks, he, he's picked things up. You know, two home runs, but then. Five runs, eleven RBI, three stolen bases. The batting average over these last couple of weeks has climbed all the way up to three eighty three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the two week span, um, he's the slugging is is five ninety six. Like it, it's it's all starting to click again for him. He's turning yeah. into the player that I think a lot of people thought they were getting in the first round. But like, is there any any worry with you that like because of the ball or or whatever that maybe we see more two week spurts that we got from him in the first two weeks where it's just going to be like, eh, maybe he doesn't return first round value. Yeah. I, I'm not too concerned about, uh, about, I'm not concerned at all actually about Tucker um, living in Houston, follow, follow that team pretty. I didn't uh, notice this, but yeah, we got two more homers from Willie Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Connor. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, Tell yeah. Us, yeah all, I, RBI I, yesterday crazy offense from milwaukee right now yeah that guy won you your week if you uh, yeah, <laughs> yes right. yes um but yeah following ashes pr- pretty closely so to, to the point about the the, the batting slot dusty baker talked about this last year he for some reason loves this sort of what he calls second third hitter right so he's got his top three and then he's got these other great top three hitters where he puts tucker at the end of those so he feels like he's got sort of back-to-back top threes um so that's why he keeps slotting him there and not higher in the order you know, whatever it's it, it's it's going to be the way it is for the rest of the the rest of the year probably. But we saw Tucker sort of play this game last year. He was abysmal in April, and then there was a case to be made that from May to the end of the season he was the best hitter in the league. Um, he is a pure line drive power hitter, so you know not as much reliant on fly balls. And he also, of course, does things with his with his legs. So I have a lot less concern about a guy like that than I do just a. Like I said a fifty-two percent fly ball guy. Yeah, I mean, I I like Tucker a lot. I took him, you know, if I had a back end of the first round pick, I was taking him everywhere. So I'm, you know, I'm 
I'm loving it, especially now that he's starting to run again. Um, yeah. You know, the three steals is glorious right now. That's what I was really hoping to get from him. You know, you knew he was going to you know, he had a good bat, but it was just yeah. you know, a matter of time. So, so next, uh, last hitter we have here is Dansby Swanson. <laughs> I, I mean, he's like the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde, I feel like, because uh, just looking at, at my points league, you know, obviously it's different per per everything, but on the season he's got Gronkowski sixty nine uh, total points, and over the last fifteen he has fifty four and a half points. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay, you look at his stats the first two weeks. He was <laughs> my God, it was like forty three. No yeah. home runs. Three this runs, sucks. This guy. This guy stinks. He was striking <laughs> out at a forty-one and a half percent clip in the yeah. first two weeks. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that has dropped to twenty-nine. Yeah. Still not great, but like that's a massive difference, and he's walking yeah. four times as much as, or twice as much as he was before well, too. It's like, yeah, what's he's, happening? <laughs> like, I mean, he he's basically had. 21 strikeouts in the first two weeks and he's down to 15. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Good job. He, he, Good job. Yeah. He did. He did this last year as well. Last year as well. He, Swanson just has these white hot sort of spurts where he goes on for, for a couple of weeks and then he'll revert back to an, to an average player. Um, I went and looked at his past 10 games or so. They've been against the Cubs, Rangers, and Marlins, so not sort of the paragon of, of yeah. pitching that you'll uh, he'll come across. Um, you know, he's going to first certainly face some tougher divisional matchups when he starts playing the you know the Mets and the Phillies every other series. Um, I, that, that's a guy if you're looking at you know, sort of what's happened the past couple weeks compared to his first um, his first two. I would say he's not really either of those guys, but I would lean more towards. You know, this this current streak is going to come to an end pretty soon. He's going to come crashing down to earth. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Uh, I mean, he I don't think he's nearly as bad as he was to start the season. Um, but yeah. there was a lot of people that were like, "Oh, Dan Swanson sucks. Like he'll never repeat last year." Blah blah blah. Like, I mean, I was at a couple of best ball drafts on RT Sports, and he was going in the last round. I was like, yeah, what? yeah, that was yeah. shocking. And I was like, at this point, I had my shortstop, you know, sealed up. And I, so I didn't take him, but somebody finally grabbed him just because. And it just seemed crazy for a guy who, who hit as well as he did last year, uh, that he just was like, just being just abandoned. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That seems kind of odd to me, but it is what it is. Uh, so let's switch over to some pitching and, and we got a lot here. So we'll try to rip through these as, as fast as possible here. But um, the first pitcher here, we, we've talked about him quite a bit on the show. And, and uh, you're talking about Jekyll and Hyde. Like I literally don't know what to do with this guy. Garrett Cole. Um, <laughs> the first three starts of his season were some of the worst you could possibly imagine for a first round for the first overall pitcher being taken. Right. Um, I mean, his ERA was was sitting at six point three five. The strikeouts were still there, but not at the pace that we usually get from him. I mean, he had that one start where he went like one and two thirds inning and let up like six runs or whatever crazy number that was, and got pulled. Um, and then you know people are people are just 
bailing on him, just jumping ship, yeah. trading him for whatever. And, and I sort of get it because if you had gone back even further with him, right? And he went to back when MLB started, you know, locking down on the sticky stuff, right? Yeah. His numbers were not good. Um, and then of course he comes out and it's just like, Oh, just kidding guys. I'm actually still good. Um, you know, got his K rate back up a little, you know, not quite to the years past before, but in two starts since then, he's gone 12 and two thirds. He's allowed a whopping zero runs. Um, like he's just dealing. What are we going to get from Cole this year? Like, I, what do you think? Well, if you go back and look at the preseason, um, Cole, by all of the odds makers, all the books, was the AL favorite to win Cy Young, right? And he was that for, for a reason. We, we know that he's going to have an elite strikeout rate. We know that because of the plays for, he is going to rack up wins. We had a good sense that the Yankees were going to be a very good team this year, which is certainly turning out to be, to be the case. Yes. Again, a player that you know I've followed since his early days in in Pittsburgh, and he has these games where you'll see that at the end of the year it's going to be a three one ERA, it's going to be two hundred twenty strikeouts, but he's going to have five games where he gives up five or more runs. That's just his his mo. It's you know especially playing in a you know in a park like Yankee Stadium if he comes up against a you know lefty heavy power lineup, he may have these these games where it might blow up the ratios for a bit, but He's struggling with walks this year, close to four for nine innings, but that's something he's typically been able to get under control. So I'm not, I'm still not considering him anything other than about a first or second rounder to do this all over again. Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, what, yeah, what, what are his normal uh, walk numbers over the last couple of weeks? They were like, it's it's around two per nine. Yeah, which is about his career number. Yeah, yeah. So his career numbers are, are around right that. So he's. It seems like he's figured something back out or he's, I don't know, maybe he's figured out some clear sticky stuff that he could use. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever worked, man, I had to, I drafted him in, in at least one league. Uh, so I'm happy he's figuring it out in that league. The other yeah. ones, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, all right, man. All right. So next guy we got here, <clears throat> Mr. Freddie Peralta. Fastball Freddie. <laughs> I mean, he was he, – Coming into the season, he was he was a pretty uh, pretty hot commodity, pretty pretty big name. Um, you know, a lot of uh, fandom coming after him, and uh, he did not really reward that with his first uh, first few starts. Um, I mean, he's had two good starts, and then after that, uh, his last start uh, yesterday was. Was okay. Um, seven Ks, you know, ninety-eight pitches against the Reds, and they won uh, eighteen to four, which we've already been talking about. So uh, he had plenty of run support in that game, not so much in the uh, all of his other games. So, what, which uh, which version of Freddie are you believing in? Yeah, so th- this is a guy I-, I really cannot figure out this year. The strikeouts are uh, up around 12 per game, not 12 per game, 12 per nine again. Um, the-, the fly balls are way down. The ground balls are way up. Uh, so you would think with that for level of, of, of skill that you'd see a, b- a better 
ERA. And it's true that the estimators sort of put him in around a three ERA as opposed to five he has now. But, you know, really it's walks again. He just has had a hard time controlling that. He's up around four again uh, for the for the season. But he's a guy who's about 80 points above league average in Babbitt as well. And so as that self-corrects, we should see a little bit of, of reduction in terms of the, the runs he's allowing. But um, the strikeouts are there. And then in terms of the the batted ball profile, I like what I'm seeing from him. So if he can just get a little bit more luck, I think this is a guy to hold on to. Yeah. I mean, two two of his games were – he's only got one quality start on the season so far, and that was against Pittsburgh. So, again, not a not a high-power offense. Um, he was close against Philly in a loss. And, and then yesterday, even with all of that run support, they pulled him with 98 pitches, which I, I can understand yeah. that. But he was hovering around 89 um, in the Phillies game. Maybe could have gone, you know, another inning. But they, they've been ramping up his, his pitch count, a, along with most of the pitchers that we're seeing. Um, yeah, that's pretty normal. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think the big thing for him is just the walks. He's got to keep the walks down. If yeah. he can do that, he's going to be a monster. Like, he'll be what yeah. he was last year. But, you know, those first few starts for him, he was at, like, seven, almost eight walks a game. Yeah. Uh, or per nine, that's – you're not going to do very well, no matter who you are, if you're walking that many batters. Um, so, I still like him. Uh, but it was it was kind of scary there for, for a couple of weeks. Like, it, <laughs> so, next guy up, man, and um, – Mr. Zach Wheeler, um, you know, the, the first couple of starts for him weren't looking too great. Um, you know, this was a guy who you know, just a couple of years ago wasn't really thought of as a top pitcher and then just sort of yeah. really just figure something out. Um, you know, but the first couple of starts, you're like, oh, no, like maybe <laughs> maybe he's crashing back down to earth. And then. You know, the, these last couple of starts, he's he, the last three starts, he's really turned things back around. Um, so, you know, again, just kind of what are your thoughts on, on Zach Wheeler moving forward the rest of the year? Are, are, are we just confident as ever with him like, like we were coming into the season? Yeah, I still think that, you know, this is still a Cy Young caliber pitcher like we saw we saw last year. Um, a little bit unlucky, uh, like Peralta has been. A little bit of an issue with with walks compared to career numbers. Um, been somewhat lucky with the home run so far this year, but he, he's still striking guys out. He's still allowing a, over forty percent ground balls. Um, you know, it's interesting. Going to be an interesting case study this year for Wheeler. People were talking preseason about how bad the Phillies' defense might be with guys like Schwarber and Castellanos uh, out there. Um, you know, does it kind of play this big of an impact on, on his production? I don't, you know, I, I just, yeah, boom. Oh um, you know, I don't think it'll play that big of a role, but it's certainly something to, to watch. That's you for know, sure. We may not, yeah, we may not get a 2-7 ERA again, but I don't think we're going to end up in the 4-5 range either. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, people panicked a little a little much, especially after that Miami blow-up game where he allowed seven yeah. and didn't help himself when he came back and, uh, a lot up four, um, the very next game, but he's been pretty locked down the last couple of games. So, um, well, again. and there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of heat going out today, um, from him getting pulled yesterday. Uh, I mean, the, the Philly sports talk radio just hates 
Joe Girardi at this point um, and, and really has uh, throughout the whole season and for multiple, you know, instances, which I would agree with, but uh, I, I kind of side with Girardi a little bit more on yesterday. Uh, you know, he pulled him. I want to say he had uh, like 78 or 78 nine, pitches. Yeah, yeah, 78 like, pitches. But he was getting ready to face, you know, the lineup through for the third time. So they pulled him, and then ultimately they ended up losing the game, you know, in 10 innings. So that's not necessarily on Wheeler. Um, I think that's just a breakdown late in the game. But he was cruising. You know, so he was. if he's supposed he was to be your ace, too, man. you got to let him roll. I, yeah, if he's supposed to be your ace in, in a home game, okay, yeah, it is the third time through the lineup. Fine. Switch the freaking pitch count, you know, or pitch selection up a little bit more for this guy who's already seen him twice. You know, he could have thrown him maybe one pitch, and it could have been a pop-out, you know, or a ground-out or something. So... You know, I just, I guess whatever data he had, Girardi was was good enough. But moving into the next guy here, uh, you know, the, the former, I guess, quote unquote, ace from Philly is Aaron Nola. Um, I pitched a, a, another gem tonight, quality start, seven innings, you know, oh, only nice. gave up three hits. I uh, had seven Ks. Yeah, and he went 101 pitches with 71 of them strikes. Um, you know, former Met, uh, Yuri Familia came in and games from him, really. set three down uh, with a K, and then the wheels fell off. Yeah, when I went out to pick up dinner, I was listening to the game a little bit, and was like, oh, okay, they're up 7-1. to one. I was like, oh, nice, all right, well, <laughs> suck it, Mets. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I I digress though. So Nola, what do you what are your thoughts on on him? Yeah, there's a, you know, Nola was sort of the poster boy for for how unlucky he was last year um, in terms of what his final numbers looked like. He, he just looks back to ace form for me tonight. This is just further proof of that. He's yeah. He's back to eleven strikeouts. He's got a career high ground ball rate right now. He he just looks. Frankly, he and we are both look just dynamic right now. And, and, and I think these guys both look like aces that, you know, this, it's a tough team to face, particularly as you get towards the, the postseason. but this was, you know, against the mess, this was just a, a great indicator of, yes, he can still be truly dominant with strikeouts and ground balls every single game. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's another bullpen issue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and not, you know, Corey Neville, uh, Knebel, however you, pronounce it um is you know he took the loss and the blown you know the blown save i guess for giving up three runs but yeah. norwood ahead of him gave up four in in a, a third of an inning so you know when the wheels fall off that badly in front of you <laughs> it's good. it's kind of a hard luck loss i mean giving up three more runs doesn't help your cause but uh, you know, I don't know. I just, it's yeah. like for whatever reason, this, this team just has not put it together yet. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk about the defense being an issue. And when was the last time we heard defense wins world series? This is, is <laughs> never. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
defense wins championships in football has nothing to do not nothing but minimal to do with with baseball yeah. okay yeah. Ran over. They, 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 yeah the Phillies have an issue with, with this, and they've got to address it yeah all right so last two guys here um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do both of them here. So we already talked about Eric Lauer. I kind of want to get your quick thoughts on just. I mean, he started off, you know, okay. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of sort of middle of the road. Like, okay, it's Eric Lauer. The last few starts, like, he has a K per nine rate of sixteen point six. This is the guy who his his average uh, is eight point seven per nine. I mean, what? Uh, okay. So what, what's going on there? And then Cole Irvin, and I know, you know, I know he's he's injured right now. Um, I, I don't know the extent of it. I just know I saw him, you know, have the the red little dot next to his name. But um, I mean, he's a guy who who had a pretty successful start to last season. Sort of fell off down the stretch, but um, he's not a high strikeout guy. I don't think he's ever going to be. Um, but you know. Seems like he just allows a lot of weak contact and things like that, and so that that helps. You know, is he somebody who could be? You know, let's. You know, we talked about the lowering the threshold for streamable pitchers at this yeah. point, but is he somebody that you could just like plug in every week and just be like, all right, I mean, he'll keep my ratios down, but he's not going to help me with strikeouts. So start with Lauer real quick and talk about the the bump in strikeouts and just is this even close to maintainable for him? Hey. I don't see him as a, you know, 12 strikeouts per game pitcher, but he is one of these guys, there, there are quite a few of them this year, who changed up his pitch mix. He basically yes, eliminated his, his changeup. His changeup is gone from his arsenal now, and that was the pitch that induced the, the fewest swinging strikes for him. And so now he's focusing, you know, really, slider. <laughs> yeah, slider curveball because his fastball is only throwing 36% of the time. I mean, yeah, we're seeing nice. a decline in fastballs, but that's just a – I mean, almost an anomaly in and of itself. So mm-hmm. the, the the his his breaking pitches get a lot of swings and misses. So I think that yes, we're going to see a higher strikeout rate than we have seen in his years past. You know, not anything 13, 14 Ks. No, that but hitters are going to catch yeah. up to that eventually. Yeah, but it's you know it's it's working right now. And yeah, but guy, if you drafted this guy in the you know whatever eighteenth, twentieth round, I, I mean, another guy just, I snatched up in our fantasy six back. Just take it to the bank. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I I haven't paid it much attention. So after the first week when I almost lost 10 I was like, oh. <laughs> You only lost like and to your, to your point about, about no, well, no, I've 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 uh, been been decent the past yeah, two weeks. Decent. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, Cole Irvin. All right. Yeah, like, on Irvin. How you're exactly right. Pitch to contact, lots of ground balls. Um, certainly one whose whose stock elevates because of the threshold being lowered in terms of what you're looking for in um, in pitchers this year. Mm-hmm. Not going to get you a lot of strikeouts. Not going to get you a lot of wins. But if you just need a streamer against a you know average to below average offense, offense, you could do a lot, a lot worse. Absolutely, work. absolutely. Um, all right, let's jump into some guys who their stock is falling right now. Um, you know, they might have had a, a little bit of a hot start, and, yeah. and now things are just going in the opposite direction. And start off here, uh, Sia Suzuki. I mean, just lit the world on fire the first couple of weeks, man. Yeah. Um, was it, it was awesome to see. You know, it's you know, it was four home runs, nine runs, 
11 RBI, you know, was, was walking a lot, wasn't yeah. striking out a lot. Like, everything was working for this guy. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and yikes. Um, you know, no home runs, just four runs in RBI each. Now he's not walking. The strikeouts are up. I mean, is it just a matter of MLB pitchers have figured him out that quickly? Or is this just, I, I like, you know, he's just in a cold streak. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of, of things. Certainly pitchers, when they sort of start to see on film what it does to make him swing and miss, which is very rare, have been very rare, they're going to start to to try to take advantage of those things. I, I, I love this guy as a player, so I've really been digging into him as to what's caused this cold streak. And the thing that I found that shocked me the most was when Suzuki swings at the first pitch, he hits 364 with a 727 slugging percentage. Those numbers drop wow. about in half when he takes the first pitch. So he's trying to be so, and that's what he's done a lot these past couple of weeks. He's trying to, to you know, sort of see the pitches, sort of feel the pitcher out, and they're really taking advantage of that, getting behind 01 in a lot of counts. And they're really taking advantage of him when they do that. If he's just more aggressive, he tends, tends to do better. That's interesting because you, you know, you would think if you're taking the first pitch, unless it's strike like your walk rate would be way higher than two (laughs) but it's not yeah i mean i'll be honest he wasn't really somebody i was i was going after in 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 drafts um i looked really dumb the first couple weeks now i look really really (laughs) smart so maybe i'll maybe i'll go play victory lap on on twitter and because i know there's like big talk about that right now just be controversial (laughs) yeah yeah probably that sounds that sounds like right up your alley so uh <laughs> not really but okay <laughs> yes yeah, stay out of that crap <laughs> suzuki was uh detrimental to me now um uh <laughs> next guy we got here is lindor i mean he had, had a homer tonight and you know okay so maybe he's back up but not really um i mean he started off pretty well uh, in, in April, April was good to him. Like, um, like the old man for, yeah, mm-hmm. I have four homers, 14 RBIs, uh, 11 walks, um, you know, 282 average. So uh, that's not too bad. And then you fast forward into May and, um, yeah. say 0.056 average, <laughs> uh, 190, uh, on base percentage. And uh, back to the .056 for slugging. Not sure how the hell you can do that uh, with both of those numbers, but that's impressive, so I'll give him that. Um, one RBI, been hit twice, struck out five times yeah, well, in 18 cool. at-bats. Uh, well, yeah. That's notorious for being hit this year. I have thought uh, you Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, at least there's three runs. Right. Uh, what what are we doing with Lindor here? Yeah, the, you know, I think the the sample size on you know just look at May. It, it's it's extremely small to try to extrapolate too much. Um, but even you know, just the, the last two weeks hasn't been good, right? Yeah, the last two no. weeks haven't. Yeah, certainly certainly have not been been great. Um, he has faced some tough. Some tough pitching. I mean, even these past, you know, two games, for example, you know, yeah. Anderson and, and Nola just, you know, just 
you know, except for the one home run, he's just been really been struggling against these against these guys. But you know, Lindor was this one, you know, this the shortstop who disappointed everybody last year. Um, yep. I think that if you told me to pick between you know the April Lindor who hit almost 300 and almost 500 slugging percentage, and you know the 056 056 Lindor of of May, I think I would lean more towards the April version. Um, yeah, there were just there there all these signs last year of huge contract, new team. You know, he had talked about how he felt uncomfortable. Um, I, I I think this course corrects a little bit and he gets back on track more to the the player we're used to. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's. I I never thought he was as bad as he was last season. And I don't think he's as bad as he was as he has yeah. been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, but I don't think we're gonna ever see the, you know, the the almost MVP level uh, Lindor that we no. were seeing, you know, back yeah. in Cleveland. Like we're just not gonna get that guy again. So uh, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe he was a. I'll be honest. Like after those first couple of weeks, he might have been a gigantic, huge sell high candidate for me because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think. You know, people might have been like, "Oh, he's back." Nope. <laughs> yeah. Not, sure. Think, Here, take that him. back. Yeah. Fine. I'll uh, take you your Dan Alvarez. So the next guy I want to talk about, and you know, may, maybe not the the sexiest name, you know, super fantasy relevant, but he got off to a fun start. Um, yeah. You know, good story, and I mean, we gotta talk about him, right? It's a fancy six pack hour. Seth Beer. Um, <laughs> I mean. Guy was, I mean, people didn't really. I mean, people, people in dynasty leagues knew who this guy was. People in redraft leagues really didn't know who this guy was. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Comes yeah. out the first couple of weeks, you know, not lighting the world on fire, but I mean, he was playing well. I mean, good, really good batting average. Uh, you know, hit a bomb opening day, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, hasn't done much since that. You know, it didn't hit anything since then, but. The last couple of weeks really just, I mean, let's be honest, nothing. I mean, yeah. he's not even yeah. really making contact with the ball. So, I mean, if you if you picked him up, I mean, we can probably just keep this one really short. I just kind of did this one for the name. But um, if you had picked him up, it's time to be like, bye. It yeah. No it, death, right? it, it looks like he, he doesn't have a hit since April 22nd. So uh, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think that walk-off homer on opening day is going to be the highlight of his of his season. I mean, this is a good or great minor league hitter yet yeah, to be right. yet to be seen whether or not he can he can make contact on I mean, a consistent basis. Was he even still in the lineup? <laughs> well, he had two days off before uh, before yesterday, um, and he's been playing about every other day since end of April. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just saw that one and, and thought it'd be fun to mention him just for the, <laughs> just for the name. You got to do it. We always got to get some Seth Bayer in there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, another one is Jeremy Pena. Um, I mean, he was the the next uh, the next man up here for for Houston once uh, Correa mm-hmm. left, and he started off. Looking like a you know bona fide all star and Correa who, <laughs> and not so much. Has he has he hit this you know 
rookie uh, rookie wall, if you will, or already, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three weeks, four weeks in. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, guys, you're you're really hitting me here. I, I'm not going to tolerate any Jeremy Payne and slander, right? This, this is my <laughs> guy. Okay? So, um, n- number one, we don't care about Carlos Correa anymore. Um, Jeremy Payne is is the future. Uh, He's going to all right. Yeah. Yeah, Homer, Homer tonight. Um, he's going to be better than Craig. No, I, I mean, it, it, and what it comes down to is, I think Pena has hit in every maybe every spot one through eight so far in the lineup this year. Right, he's kind of being jerked around. Um, somebody did an interview with him. I forgot who it was, but he basically said, "You know, I'm trying to do everything right and make sure I'm not making mistakes." And they were talking about in the context of he wasn't stealing. He wasn't um, drawing a lot of walks. Um, and so he's, it, it seems to me that, yeah, this is a rookie. He's pressing. He's got the job from day one. Um, you know, I think if he could just settle down a little bit, this is a guy who's got all five tools. And uh, he's, he can be excellent if he just if he'll just settle down a little bit. Um, but I, I'm very high on the sort of future of, of painting. There'll be some ups and downs, certainly, as a rookie. But I'm very high on his future. Well, so for this year, like what, you know, I, I took a chance on him in a couple of leagues super late, I, and I know lots of people did, especially as you know the helium started growing at the end of spring uh, yeah. with him. But like, what do you do with him if you're still hanging on to him? You know, in in a standard twelve team league, are you just like waiting to see if he kind of gets out of this funk and can get back to like his you know early season pr- production, or are we just going? You know what, he's a rookie. Just, just let it, just pass and, and go find the next hot bat right now. Yeah, I will say, I mean, being one of his biggest fans, he's on a lot of my teams. And what I'm doing is every 15-team league that I have him in, he is in the lineup every day. Well, yeah. I just feel like in that format, you, you got to play. On my 10 and 12-team leagues, he is probably my first bat right now on the bench, playing a guy gets hurt, playing when I need a middle infield or a utility spot. Um you know, you're going to get some games like tonight where he you know, gets uh, on base a couple of times, including a home run. Um, you know, he's got that type of power. He stole his first base the other day. So you know, in shower leagues, he's probably my first bench bat. Um, but yeah, in deeper ones, he's 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 locked in probably for the season. I totally agree with you there, man. I uh, I haven't. I I he has absolutely been the first one. Like, oh, I got a full lineup. Everybody's playing. Yeah. yeah, you take a seat. Yeah, <laughs> and, and with, right now, and with everybody healthy, they're batting him seventh or eighth again. So yeah, that 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 truly doesn't help his case. Yeah, no, definitely not. So, all right. Um, next up is Mr. Alex Verdugo. I mean, <laughs> I loved how the fact that you know Mookie Betts was kind of have a struggle the first couple weeks, and uh, I heard a lot of. I, at least I'm hoping they're jokes on, on Twitter. Like, oh, the Red Sox are going to forget about bets because Verdugo's just blazing hot right now. Well, yeah, not so fast, my friends. Um, this uh, is Verdugo, Alex Verdugo we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Alex Verdugo is um, – I so I downloaded data from Fangrass, and it's like anybody who had more than 30 plate appearances in the first half – first two weeks and then the second two weeks same thing yeah R- ranked it by offensive war alex verdugo right now has the lowest offensive war of Ooh. any player nice. <laughs> the last two weeks 
Uh, zero home runs, one run, five RBI. He's striking like it's weird. He doesn't strike out and he doesn't walk. Like that's yeah. great, but his average is one forty six and he doesn't steal. So there's just he's doing nothing for you. <laughs> he's he's doing nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 that's the that's the best. Literally just somebody who you see on like a when or Thursday when it's like half the league's not playing. It's like oh wait, he's in the game. <laughs> Throw him in. All right, I can fill my lineup out with. Uh, oh wait, it's Verdugo. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> He still does I mean, nothing. I had this misguided perception that Verdugo was this sort of on baseline drive guy. He's hitting, I mean, every year he's sitting 50% ground balls. I mean, it just, he just can't be successful, particularly the top of the lineup like that. And, and you're right. He, he does not excel in any one area enough to say, oh, he's, he, he's, he should get a spot in my lineup, you know, even in a, in a deep league right now. He, he is just. I mean that that top of the Red Sox lineup with Story and Verdugo is just it, it, it's a wreck, and they've got to do something such a about mess. that. Yeah, I always liked Verdugo's. I, I do think Verdugo is better than what he's playing right now. That's just yeah. it's just like really really bad cold streak for him. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I do like his talent. I think I think he's fine. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd go crazy and like drop him right now. Um, yeah. You're just going to have to sit through this cold streak. I mean, players have it. It's just, um, you know, we just got to point yeah. them out when it's this early and, and they are this eye popping bad. <laughs> so, yeah. next Speaking up, of, the one Mary right feels. above Verdugo, by the way, <laughs> in lowest offensive war, AJ. <laughs> You got the floor. Ah, that would be Mr. Marcel Ozuna. <laughs> After a good first two weeks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I, I don't it's know. It's like the opposite of Verdugo. Instead of it, it one is. run and five RBI, it's four runs it, and one RBI. Still a terrible batting average and nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he put the two together and you have still a pretty shitty player. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Overall, like, I mean, he had four bombs in the first two weeks, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's back, <laughs> dude!" I just <laughs> picked up wanna, Marcel Verdugo. Guy, I'm like, so excited. Fantasy sometimes you just got to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna be like, yeah, he's in my lineup. Uh, I don't like it, but yeah, he's gonna win me some money, <laughs> you know. But no, now he's not. I mean, what? He's so not. what do we think Ozuna is gonna be the rest of the season, man? You know, so looking past the, the fact that he had to sit out a year, um, you, you know, you're looking at a guy who I'm trying to find some, some data right now on his, you know, because this is a big fly ball hitter. So what the impact is on his fly balls uh, this season compared to previous seasons, then it may take me a bit to dig it up here, but it just looks like he's, he's struggling with a couple of things. He's, he's hitting fly balls. They're not, except for those four in the very early season, they're not, Clearing the fences for home runs. Yeah, um, home run to he's really eleven. Yeah, he's really chasing um, the ball outside the zone right now. I, I mean, the strikeout rate doesn't necessarily uh, show it um, because he's not striking out much and also not walking much. But he's really chasing pitches right now, and I think that you know there's a sense of you know, we don't know much about sort of the psychological side of these types of things, but you know you know he's got to be thinking I got to come in and. And make up for lost time, as it were. Um, and I just can't help but think he's got to be, you know, one of these fly ball guys that's impacted by what's happening in offense right now. 
the other thing I look at, and and you saw this at the beginning of last year, right? Um, with him, is that his his hard hit rate is plummeting. Um, yeah. You know, it it was it, baseball savant uh, right now. You know, his his hard hit rate, hard hit percentage was upwards of like fifty four and uh, close to fifty. Now it's down to forty, um, yeah. and forty seven percent right now. So it's uh it's been dropping. And so he he's really got to get those those barrels back up if if I think you know he's going to be able to get the power consistently back like you know he once had. Um, so again, I think he's another just just another one of those players where I, th- I think you're just going to have to kind of wait it out with him a little bit and just hope he can return. Just because every like there's so many like yeah. who are you picking up right now? To, be perfectly honest yeah. like there's yeah. not a whole lot better out there that's going to you know help you over an azuna who's just you know cold right now it's yeah. just unfortunate but on the pitcher side a guy who man i feel like he does this every year kyle gibson had a great first three starts of the year um and then now he's back to being kyle gibson <laughs> it's yeah. just um, is he a guy, you know, with the lower threshold for streaming streamable pitchers? Yeah. Like, is he somebody who you only want to use in like the, the juiciest of matchups or are you willing to kind of like bump him up into like the middle tier matchup range because of the ball? I would say he is one of the most matchup dependent pitchers that, you know, I can, I can think of when he's getting the, the Pirates or right now this version of the Reds or, you know, some of these other really middling National League teams, I'm going to consider streaming him. You know, he, he's got a career high 23% strikeout rate. You know, that's still below league average, but it's, you know, for him, it's, it's, uh, it's astounding. So it's, uh, you know, Come this on. guy who, he, he he does do this every year. He analyzes for a few starts. Um, you, you think you've got something there, but he, he's just not an overpowering pitcher. So unless it's a best matchup, yeah. I'm, I'm going to sort of leave. And that that first start against Oakland, he had ten strikeouts, is really carrying his entire season. I'll yeah. be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you know we they Oakland sort of turned it around. Like we all thought they were going to be just you know. Does a cakewalk, and they've they've been yeah. pretty pretty good, shockingly, with nobody on that roster. But um, yeah, I, I don't really care much about Gibson, but a pitcher that I think a lot more people are going to care about, AJ. That would be Sean Manea. Um, again, it's another guy that you know, at least for me, was somebody I've always kind of had these higher expectations of and you know i just continue to get beat down by them until he throws a good game um Mm. and he started the season doing that so i'm up here again and now i'm i'm not so that's why i'm drinking margaritas and (laughs) beer tonight just kidding cinco de mayo it's all your fault sean (laughs) yeah damn you yeah Look at Manaya's. You know, you guys or whoever's listening, you have a second. Look at Sean Manaya's baseball savant page. You look at his percentile rankings. There's a lot of blue in in there. This is a guy who 
I, I mean, we've seen him, what, he had the perfect game, right? Didn't he have a perfect game a couple years ago against the Red Sox or a no-hitter against the Red Sox? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I believe it was a no-hitter. Always, always to me, exceeded expectations. He's always been fortunate to have two fantastic parks as, as you know, his home in Oakland and now in San Diego. Um, th- there are plenty of people, I will admit, who are very high on Amanaya and his and his skill set, particularly his his pitch mix. I am not. I, I'm just not one of those guys. Um, he is. You know, if I'm reading this right, he is just almost never throwing a fastball. Uh, he's got a sinking fastball, um, but they're all the pitches are all just okay. Um, and I just don't see anything special there that would make me say, "Well, I've got to make sure that no matter what the matchup is, this guy's out there every time." Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. I mean, like his his the pitch values on him according to Fangraphs are like they're fine, but like yeah. you know he he had a couple of years in Oakland where like his fastball was uh, you know eight point nine eight point six value like eight point two value and that's phenomenal, uh, but it's just everything has just dropped off. Yeah, I mean, um, it, his, like just just like this just jumped off the cliff, man. His um, velocity is gone. I mean, he's throwing his sinker fifty five percent of the time, and it's yeah. at ninety point seven quite, miles per hour. You know, he he was always kind of a a low nineties uh, fastball thrower. So like, that, yeah, but I mean, still not, the fact that he's not even throwing it anymore, and yeah, that is relying that is on far. on all these breaking pitches. It's yeah, it just doesn't. I it's gonna catch up to him, and it's saying. I mean, it seems like it has for these last he couple. He feels of weeks. like a guy who should be used out of the bullpen. Yeah. Like when you're just throwing breaking pitches, like yeah, predominantly, like you you're kind of a specialist, right? That's what it yeah. feels like with him. I'll be very curious to know: is there another pitcher? So he's. I mean, he's only throwing his curve 15 percent of the time this year. Is there another pitcher that can? survive with just a, a sinker and a changeup. I, I mean, nothing that really yeah, provides inception. I, I, I don't know how he does it. That is very, very, that is a very good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's people that can look that up in a heartbeat and could tell us, but uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know how to look that up super fast right now. So I couldn't tell you, but that that is, that is interesting. And you know, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting to, to find out what the, what they do with Manaya when Snell comes back, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it should be soon, actually. Um, He's, yeah, he should be back. Uh, and Clevenger just came back, right, and pitched phenomenal. So Possibly the, uh, one more rehab start or two, I think, is what I was reading earlier. Yeah, so, um, I mean, well, Clevenger came back, didn't pitch phenomenal, but pitched well enough that you were like excited to be like, Hey, Clevenger, fine. He's finally on the yeah. mound. Like, yeah, stay healthy, my friend. Um, but I mean, they've got a lot of pitchers there in San Diego and it's just a matter of like, is he really going to stay in that rotation? I mean, Musgrove, Darvish, I mean, the, Tons of guys. I, I don't know unless it goes There's six a man, lot. Six man rotation. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Gore has come in and done, done great this year as well. So when they've got those, they've got Musgrove, Darvish, Gore, Clevenger, Snell. Yeah, you go to a six six man with Manaya, maybe. Maybe. Um, but, that feels like a disservice to the, all the really good pitchers they have. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's why I say like 
maybe Manai just goes to the pen. Like with that kind of pitch repertoire, like that seems like a good yeah. fit for him. Um, so last last up here, or not last up for me at least is uh, is Alex Cobb. Guy, who, you know, I, I always get like with you, AJ and and Kyle Gibson, right? Like to me. <laughs> It's Alex Cobb. I always get sucked into Alex Cobb. I'm like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's doing good again because he's had he's had really phenomenal seasons. Success. Um, he's and, also you know, had you see failure. Him, you see him have a good start in San Francisco. You just think like, oh, here we go again. San Fran figured out another mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. And then the last two weeks now, it's just like, oh lord, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> it's just just abysmal here. Um, now is he is he hurt though? I mean, he only he only or did yeah, he just have I, that horrible of a start. I think he did get hurt again, actually. Because yeah, so um, now that I'm looking at it, it point two innings pitched. Uh, that's that's yeah, that, that's that's true. Yeah, but well, I think he's at ten ten innings on the year. Right, but I'm talking about the last the last couple oh, of last two weeks. Years. Yeah, um, last seven days. Uh, was it a rainout? No, he just got destroyed. Did he just get destroyed? And that's what it was. Oh, okay. not even. There we go. So uh, yeah. three um, walks, five yeah, runs, one walk. earned over two thirds of an inning on Sunday's. Last oh, Sunday. that's why. All right, I was gonna say. I was like, he's only oh, got he did one get earned right before oh. that. It was a groin injury. So yeah, that, yeah. So he's only had the one start. But uh, so. All right, so with a guy like that, right, he's coming off a groin injury, he gets rocked. Are you just out on him, at least for now, like hoping, you know, maybe he's not fully healthy? Or are we thinking Cobb can regain the San Fran magic, you know, that pulled Gosman out of the out of the crap hole and uh, made him who he is today? <laughs> I mean, I, I was seeing – granted, it was a very small sample, but I was seeing some really good things out of – out of Cobb and those, um, you know, those limited innings, particularly before that a game when he came back, you know, with with uh, start for starters with at least I think uh, ten innings pitched, Cobb has the lowest expected ERA of anyone in the majors this year. Um, so he's been getting some extremely bad luck, particularly in that last start, just sort of got batted to death. Um, yeah, some of the things that that happened there. So. I was I was intrigued by twelve K per nine. Yeah. Um, like I said, yeah. Here's here's his bat at four fifty two on. Yeah, so I just saw that. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, he's another so, guy that Fangraphs yeah. seems to think he's not throwing his fastball at all, which might be true. He throws a sl- uh, a slider, a sinker, and a curve. I, like sometimes these these that's on. That seems weird, but you know, honestly, he hasn't thrown a fastball that that much in quite some yeah, time. It seems yeah. Like. But to totally get rid of it, that seems a little odd. But yeah, you know, but I mean, you're talking about another I guy. Mean, like, tell me another guy who's throwing splitter and slider or sinker. Yeah, basically one, two, and that's it. And that's, and that's it. <laughs> that's a weird one, right? Yeah, and I will admit, you know, we talked about Peralta earlier. Look at Manaya. These two pitch pitchers, it is it is proven is tougher for them to make it through lineup three times, you know, last longer in games. Um, you know, Christian Javier is another pitcher like that who we have to watch and see. He's really a two-pitch guy. So it's tougher for these guys to last um, longer. So can he survive with literally only two pitches that he's throwing this year? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see when some of the luck turns around a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he's intriguing. I'm always going to get sucked back into Alex Cobb, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, you know. 
But yeah. last guy up, AJ. Have some fun with Dylan Bundy, Mr. Cinco de Mayo himself. <laughs> I mean, May the 4th was not with him. Um, and he. And now he's on the COVID. Yeah, destroyed. Just yeah. And just let's just shoot into industries right now because Dylan Bundy <laughs> tested positive <laughs> yes, uh, today um, for COVID. Um, as did his teammate, uh, Luis Areas, and, uh, their teammate Bailey Ober is already on the IL 10 with the groin issue. And, uh, another teammate in Minnesota, Miguel Sano is headed into surgery for, uh, torn meniscus in his left Mm -hmm. knee. So he's looking at an estimated four to eight week recovery. Um, bad news and uh, yeah, that's that's not that's not looking good. Um, former Minnesota twin Nelson Cruz, who I already uh expressed disdain for earlier, is day to day with a back issue, but he was available off the bench today. I did not happen to see if he got in, um, and if he did, he probably did nothing. Um, uh, speaking of COVID, again, Joey Votto has jumped on the COVID IL uh, two days ago. Uh, he is not tested positive, but something is off with Votto right now, so he's he's on that uh, IL. His teammate Jonathan let's, India. Let's do, let's do let's do Bundy, man. Let, let's do Bundy. Let's not get into this yet. <laughs> I've already gone through like half of them though. Just. Do Bundy. All right, fine. Let's reverse to Bundy. <laughs> so aside from the COVID uh, and getting completely shellacked by his uh, <laughs> former team yesterday, he was looking pretty good. Um, is it is it facing the old team jitters wow, and or COVID? <laughs> um, or is it just facing the old division foes, uh, a, a combination? I mean, which Bundy... Can we trust? Well, I, I, I have never been more out on a pitcher than I am on on Dylan Money, and it's not just this year. It's because of how much money he's lost me in DFS. It's because of a lot of different things that he's, he's – I mean, simply I think he just got the Joey Votto treatment. You know, Joey Votto, you're terrible. You get on the COVID list. Bundy, uh, we may have to fix some things, yeah. get on the COVID list. Um, well, he did test positive, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm just I'm I'm completely out on on Bundy. I think it's it's not something where he couldn't be a usable streamer in the absolute right matchups, but he just you know I, I want some level of consistency when I when I have a pitcher at least on my roster, um, and, and Bundy's never once in his career shown that. Yeah, I mean he had I mean he had that good season uh, when he first showed up in LA two years ago mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, all right. I mean, Hey, maybe it was Camden yards. And then, yeah, last year, yeah. let's talk about last year. And then this year he starts off like, you know, he was, it wasn't striking people out, but he was, he was great. Um, and I mean, it was against good competition too. I mean, he had Boston in there and, you know, say what you want about the, you know, we mentioned story and Verdugo struggling big time, but you know, the white Sox, he blanked them. Like, he was yeah. facing some pretty good teams, and then just yeah, he goes on the road <laughs> against Tampa and Baltimore and gets absolutely whacked. And neither of those offenses were doing anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've been bad this year on offense. Yeah. 
Um, that's, the Baltimore's come alive. They, they've hit four home runs tonight. So I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Who knows what's going on? Maybe, maybe they <laughs> all it took was facing their old friend Bundy. Maybe they <laughs> wait. We the can ball. hit balls. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. So so they faced Bundy, and then they face another uh, division rival or ex division rival of Chris Archer tonight and yeah. crushed him. So <laughs> remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sadly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I never quite know what to do with Bundy. I, I, I sadly like bought into him in one league and was like, you know, yeah, sure. Let's try. I was just sort of desperate yeah. for pitching. And of course that was right before the Tampa start held on to him for last night's start. And was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> So, no so it's your fault. Team. It is my fault. Thanks. It is totally my fault. But um, thanks for putting my jinx on the guy that I had. <laughs> totally my fault. Dick. All right. All right. Well, so that's what we got injuries. from stock up, stock down. Um, back over to the injuries. I don't know what you covered, so you're just gonna have to finish it. I will um. Go. All right. So I was. <laughs> uh, I was finishing off Jumped the Jonathan the India um, retroactive to. April 30th, he's on IL-10 with a hamstring issue. <laughs> yeah, it's the second time this year now. Um, we've got Chris Bryant, as uh, as of 429, uh, was put on IL with a back issue. He has not resumed hitting yet as of today. How many, how many people uh, took Chris Bryant over Austin Riley after he signed with Colorado? Ooh. Uh, nope, I do not uh, have any shares of him. <laughs> uh, but the Damn. next guy I did have a share of, and that was Mr. Eloy Jimenez. Uh, I immediately yeah. dropped him, and uh, he's on the IL-10 with torn hammy tendon. He had surgery on the 26th of April. He's likely out six to eight weeks, so maybe right around All-Star breakish. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mitch Haniger is on the IL-10 with a grade two high ankle sprain. They were saying that this could be more of a measurement of how many months he's out as opposed to weeks. So, so not that good. good. Uh, I already talked about Bailey Ober. Uh, we got Eddie Rosario is on the IL-10 with blurred vision and swelling in his right retina. And last but not least for the new injuries is Dunzo the CZ, I'm sorry, Aldoberto Mondesi, uh, torn ACL. Bye again. Just retire. Please <laughs> do oh, us yeah. all a favor because this is the first year I actually bought into you. As I even asked you, Joe, what was it? Was I was like, is it okay to take him with like a last round pick or something? Yeah, I, I need, was like, let me I needed a third baseman sure, somehow because I drafted uh, Mancata, and I was like, hey, you know what? Okay, why not? And he, he was okay. He was somewhat serviceable no, for the first no, few weeks, he and wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't yeah, know he, what he you were looking at. No, he was. I mean, it was a points league, so it was. You know, he he had gotten positive points on some days. So I was like, okay, all right. This is this is the modesty positive, we've all been positive, waiting for. Positive all positive right. Uh yeah, no, no, he was he was not good this season. But uh no, yeah, I mean no. I, I mean I feel for the guy, man. Like I've always 
he has shown flashes of being a phenomenal player. He just cannot stay on the field. Yeah. But no, this season was not good, man. He was batting 140. He hadn't hit a bomb. He's, uh, he's, I mean, he stole five bases. So that's cool. Yeah. I think that's where Um, the points were. I was like, Oh, sweet. So, I mean, yeah, if you were in a, you know, like the, Counted heavily through steals and cool, but other than that, man, he was pretty atrocious. But yeah, all so, right, man, Ryan, that's blast. all we got for the show, man. I want to thank you for coming on. I had a lot yeah. of fun talking. You brought a lot of great information once again. Uh, before we let you go, remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter and, and what you got going on this season, man. Yeah, um, at Kirksey Sports is the Twitter handle every week, just like I did this this week with the um, uh, the sort of dead ball environment. I'm doing a uh, a piece for Fantasy Six Pack on trends in fantasy baseball and and Major League Baseball at large, and those will come out every Tuesday morning. And Kyle Tucker just walked it off for the Astros, so it's a good night. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the one league I have him in, I'm happy. <laughs> probably playing him in the other one i don't know <laughs> i'm in too many this year <laughs> so all right man well have a good night ryan and Thanks, uh guys. well i'm sure all we'll right. do it again soon all right <laughs> see ya oh kicked me out too thanks man it's like um <laughs> all right show's mine <laughs> when are you gonna bad. let me do my job <laughs> that is bad. i didn't press the button I didn't do anything. I was hey, supposed to bring uh, him out, though. Excuse me. The floor is mine. I literally didn't press anything. <laughs> oh, he must have just vamoosed. That was literally you. <laughs> anyway. Don't play three, three more notable injuries for oh, return. God. I was going got... to ask you one more question. I, no. <laughs> we have uh, a beer. Hurry up. Teoscar Te- <laughs> Hernandez. Is likely re- to return this weekend from his oblique IL stint. Yon Mankata slated to return Monday, also oblique. Uh, and Luis Castillo is on the IL 10 with a shoulder. He is also slated to return Monday. And that's all I got. All right. So before we roll out, uh, I meant to do this early and completely forgot I wanted to do it because I didn't write it down. I wanted to like surprise everybody, but completely forgot. But. We're a month into the season, two days from a month, whatever. What is the biggest surprise of the season for you? Does it be fantasy related? Could it be like standings? Like what? 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 What do you? Th- what's your biggest surprise right now? Hmm. Wow. Okay. Um. I think. I mean. I think it's what we touched on earlier. Just this ridiculous lack of offense that we've seen continue through the whole season. But the first few weeks, it was also a lack of pitching. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I said it before, maybe not necessarily on the show, but it's, it's because of the strike, you know, the, the lacking spring training, the rush to get through a somewhat spring training, so I could buy into the pitching for that. Um, and the pitching has started to turn around a little oh, bit. Yes, it has. Yes, um, it definitely has. But, I, you know, how much of that is based on this dead ball and, and whatnot, what's going on there? Um, you know, some other surprises are just, just certain players that, you know, we've, we've had high hopes for, uh, you know, after – breakouts last year or or finally 
you know, coming through and, and playing well last year uh, versus guys that have been there and done it for years, and now they're just falling off. Sal Perez, um, the guys I was the guy I was thinking of initially for the first part of that is is Mullins from Baltimore. I mean, he's hey, he hit a bomb tonight. He did. He's he's starting to kind of come around a little bit, but he overall he's been. You know, to me, disappointing. Um, but he's got a 243 average. Uh, so I don't know. I just think the average in general is when I look at that number and I don't ever chase average. Um, but just yeah, I don't chase looking, average either, but it's, it's hard. Well, no, but you you don't expect to look at your guys and be like, Jesus, like, you I'm literally just really like low in average. Above two sixty, and you're probably good. Like it's how crazy yeah. it is this year. Um, so I'll, I'll finish up here, and I'm looking more at the standings right now. And, and like my number one shock is just he. Look, Ryan mentioned the Reds multiple times. Do you realize how bad the Reds are right now? Yeah. They are three and twenty one. I saw this today and went, "That's a typo, right? Like that's nope. not real." They've won three games. I mean, Tyler Molle, like, is a guy who we all thought was, you know, good. And he is the worst pitcher in baseball right now. Like, it's, it's bad. Uh, I think he's got the worst expected ERA of, of any, like, qualified pitcher or, or something like that. Like, I, he does have the worst something. I, I forget now exactly what it is, but I did see it. It might be expected ERA. Um, and then, like... On, on, on the positive side of the standings, right? Before you go to the positive, the worst part about that, Joe, them being that bad, due to the new lottery, they only oh, have right, a 16.5% chance of even getting the number one pick, being that bad. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> nice. You're right. You're totally right. Now uh, you can be positive. So I'll end, I'll end on the positive note, and I'll start with a positive note. I'll start – there's two positives. One is – and I hate to say it, the Yankees winning 11 in a row before last night. Uh, That's, that's pretty crazy. Like I didn't really expect the Yankees to be that good this year. And I'm not, you know, and that's even, you know, with Garrett Cole, not being, you know, stud Garrett Cole for the entire year, but like the rest of that pitching staff has really stepped up and the offense is crazy. Good. Uh, Rizzo has been, really really good Aaron uh Aaron Judge he uh I mean he bet on himself right and he's mashing the ball like turned down a massive contract and everybody was like what like everybody uh and he's looking like he's gonna get paid even more somehow so good for him I'm not a Yankees fan you're not a Yankees fan but you can't ignore it right you can't ignore it then over on the other side of town, this is a cool story, man. Finally, New York Mets, man, just crushing it right now. 18 and 9. Not a cool story. I, I keep feeling like this is going to, like, fall apart. Like, you just expect it to. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, look, it's Book the I love Buck Showwater. Dude. I know. I love what he did for the O's. And I'm sure you do, too. I'm of course really I know. hoping this I'm works for them. I really pissed. do. Look, could you but... imagine they're doing this right now without. Um, Degrom. Degrom. If Degrom can come back like middle of the season and be Degrom, how crazy would that be? 
Like, I mean, they'd have to be close to World Series favorites. Like, you know, I mean, the we, Dodgers we, will be there. We know, you know, at that point, probably the Yankees will be up there and stuff like that. But, I mean, the Mets, this is a good, this is a good feel good story. You're, like, you're looking at potentially another York, Subway York series, series, World Series, which I thought, I thought about that, but would be, would be, I guess, cool for New York and nobody else. <laughs> Um, nobody else. <laughs> I mean, you knew the Dodgers and the Padres were going to be there. You know, they're the Brewers are another team besides the two New York teams. That's the only teams that have yet to hit double digits and losses yet. Um, I mean, the Brewers are just, they're just destroying the ball. So that, that's, I guess it's expected, but unexpected. Um, you know, but that division in general is just down, it seems like, um, between them and, and the Cardinals and then Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Cincy. We, you know, we kind of knew we we're going to be bad, but I, I, I would like to see, you know, that was one of the other things that the, the radio stations were talking about here is if the Phillies go into this weekend series against the Mets and get swept at home after losing two of three uh, last weekend. Like, is that going to be the final dagger for Girardi and this and that? I don't know. But when I was listening to the game, I was like, oh, all right, sweet. They're up 7-1. I was like, well, hmm, maybe if they don't get swept, they're not going to be 10 games out of first. They could cut that down to two games out of first, potentially. Um, and you know who knows? And then I turned it on now and see that they lost eight to seven. Ouch. So yeah, that was that was awesome. That's, that's that a bummer. Awesome. But all right, man. Well, we have run really, really long. Sorry for the long, long show, today, guys. But uh, you know, we missed a week. Uh, it was for the NFL True. draft show. If you uh, if you did miss that, we gave our live reaction with lots of great guests. Um, so go ahead and, and rewatch that if you're interested in our, yeah. in our live awesome show. show. Check it out on YouTube. Absolutely, it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, I dude, I couldn't even. It was track it shit. Like, absolutely crazy, Mike. The draft helping us crazy. out. Um, you know, you were supposed to just be behind the scenes like you are for this show, but you got thrust into co-hosting duties, and so what are you crinkling? <laughs> Stop it. Um, you know, and so it was like, sort of like, I couldn't even keep my head straight. I literally only had two of these the entire three and a half hours of the show and still couldn't keep track of stuff. It was madness. Um, so just, it was like a record. It was a record number of trades in the first round. So like yeah. <laughs> totally unexpected. So anyway, Thank you for listening, everybody, and watching, and um, good night, and hit that subscribe button. Check out fantasysixpack.net, and we will see you next week. Bundy.